Oh, oh <laughs> good evening. How is everyone? Good. There's three of you. Everybody else is good, right? Hallelujah. It has been a day. I don't know about y'all. Mine started off really, really early in a different country, and I got back here, and then we've been running, and I'm still trying to figure out, what am I, what am I teaching on? What are we doing here? Marriage, right? I like to talk about it. Here we go. Okay, a couple of announcements. I want to make sure we get a deal. I was told to announce this every time. Can I apologize, too? Is that all right, y'all? Joel has been recording this, and he's sitting the thing. You know what I never, ever did? I never, ever introduced myself. I just assume everybody knows who I am, right? I mean, I'm Tony Craver. Hey, my wife Anita's over here, so it's something I thought about. I thought I never said, hey, Bryce. You know, some people know, but not a lot of y'all. I don't know everybody. So, hey, everybody, I'm Tony. It's good to meet all of you. I've been married for a long time. She's put up with me a long time. Hallelujah. So we got some good things, right? Amen? Okay, so I apologize for that. Let's, uh, let's go through announcements. So again, the fourth Saturday from 9 to 10, there's a woman's prayer thing in the sanctuary. Y'all come. We need to pray. Y'all agree we need to pray? Yes. We need to pray at home. We need to pray on the road. We need to pray where? Pretty much everywhere we go, right? It needs to be something with constantly. The second and the fourth Saturday, 8 a.m., we're right meeting in this room right here, going through It's Good to Be a Man. And if I'm thinking correctly, the fourth Saturday is this Saturday. Is that right? Yes. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's going to be good. And guess what? Is it good to be a man? Yes. Amen. It is good. And then again, if y'all missed it tonight, there was a walking taco. And I actually sat and ate it. I apologize, but it was still good. I need it made for me. So that's some of the announcements. So let's pray real quick, like, and we'll get a little recap and get started. Y'all ready? Let's pray. Father, we just want to come to you tonight, God, with grateful hearts. God, if there's one thing uh, I think we need to be as a people, God, it's grateful. God, we look around and we sometimes, God, we just uh, look at all the things that's wrong. God, we look at all the things that inconvenience us, that upset us. God, to take our eyes away from who you are and what you've done for us, God. So tonight, Lord, I just pray before we get started, we'd all just take a breath. And God would say, you're good all That's the right. time. So God, I just pray, Lord, that we would just uh, still our hearts. We would open our minds. Lord, we'd be willing to check our attitudes, uh, to check all the things that we've went on today and through the rest of this week. And Lord, we want to hear from you today, tonight, God. I just pray, Lord, that you would speak, and I pray you'd speak boldly. Into each, of, each, into each of us's life, God. We need to hear a word from you, God. And Lord, I pray for marriages. Lord, across this country, Lord, there's just, marriage has been devastated. And I pray, God, it would be restored to what you started. Lord, it's something that, uh, that we need. It's something that's good for us. It's something that completes us. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to us as we go through our lesson and our time, Lord. I pray for our, every person that's here, the folks that couldn't be here tonight, I gotta pray for them, Lord, that you just speak into their lives, God. All the things that they've got going on, God, I pray Lord, that you would move in a way, Lord, where they'd step back and go, wow, thank you, God, for what you've done for us, God. And we'd recognize that every good gift comes from you, God. And we're, we should be so thankful for every good thing that you give us. So be with us time, and I pray, Lord, that you would speak. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, all right, so so we're in lesson week three. Amen? I, am, I did the right week, right? Okay, I want to make sure I wasn't a week off somewhere. So in week one, we talked about God's purpose and plan. So, who designed marriage? God did. How did he design it? Perfect, right? He designed it exactly the way it should be. Who's messed it up? Amen, right? And the primary purpose of marriage is for us to do what? Reflect God's glory. Just like when you see the moon and it's all lit up and you go, wow, ain't that pretty? It ain't the moon. It has no light of its own. What happens? It reflects the sun. Amen? So, the ultimate purpose of marriage is to reflect God's image. Marriage is what kind of relationship? It's a covenant, right? It's not just about you. In fact, it's not about you at all. 
It's about reflecting God's glory through that relationship, right? A covenant relationship, not just between you and your spouse, but between you, your spouse, and God. Amen? So that was part of week number one. Week number two, we went and talked about the gospel in your marriage. We talked about how that's the most important. Why is that the most important part of your marriage? If you ain't got God in it, is it going to be any good? Right? The problem we have oftentimes is we, we want to try to make relationships right here sometimes. And if this relationship ain't right, ain't none of them this direction going to be right. No matter what we do. We can try our best to make everybody else happy here. But if we ain't got right with God Almighty, we in trouble. Right? So the gospel is of utmost importance that we be reconciled to God. And we're reconciled to God through Christ. Right? Amen. Okay. I'm glad all y'all talked about an amen to that one, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then we talked about forgiveness just a little bit. Why Why is forgiveness so important? We all need it. We all need it. Are we all willing to give it, though? Not always. Right? It should be like a two-way thing, right? Uh, I think it, it might be somewhere in the Bible, somewhere. It talks about, you know, if, if we don't forgive our brother, then are we going to have this relationship here either? Right? So... Forgiveness is one of the most important things that we can have in our lives. Make sure we forgive others. And then I think one of the last things we talked about was uh, marriage cannot be the primary source of joy. Why? God's a primary source of joy, right? If we put it on anybody else, guess what? Your spouse cannot hold that weight up. It's impossible for them to do that. We put all that because it's designed for God, right? Again, uh, and the gospel is the key to that. So tonight... We're going to talk about our marriage as a mission. When you think about a mission, what do you think of? Nothing. Okay, so y'all are really mission-oriented. Okay. Woo! Okay. I think about like Mission Impossible, you know, the little clock ticking, right? I think about somebody being, what, let me ask you another, what's about, what does it mean to be intentional? To do it with purpose, right? There's nothing that's like just happens, right? Oftentimes we live our life, it's like, well, that just happened, and that just happened, and we're not intentional at all. We're reactionary completely. Do you all agree with that? Is there some things you have to be reactionary for? Somebody hits you in the car, you can't help but react to that, right? You can't, there's certain things in life you can't get away from. But for the most part, we need to be intentional. So when you think about the word intentional, how do you all generally apply that to your lives? What areas of life are we intentional in? Work. Wow. Why are we so intentional in work? Money. Work. Intent. Right. They, they go hand in hand, right? What other areas in life should we be intentional in? Our marriage? Our relationship with God? Right? If you, we want God to speak to us, then what do we need to be intentional with? Well, we'll just lay down here and God will speak right through it, right? No. We have to take regular time and pray and read the Bible together. And also... We can come here, right? We should be intentional in our worship and in our worship time, who we gather together with, right, in our relationships. So the word intentional, I looked it up. I think it's important sometimes. You ever use a dictionary when you read the Bible? I do, because there's times I read words, and I'm like, what does that really mean? I think I know, but sometimes I don't know. I went to Fort Bush High School, y'all. It was pretty rough over there. I didn't get a whole lot of education there. So to be intentional, it says to be intended, designed, Done with design or purpose. The act was intentional, not accidental. Right. So when we're intentional, that means we're going to get up and we're going to be intentional with our actions, with our attitude. So when we get up in the morning and we will be intentional, what's one of the first things we should do when we get up in the morning? We should pray. What should we pray and ask? 
Thank God that we got another morning, right? Thank God that he gave me the day before and kept me through it. Ask him to do what? Guide your steps. Lord, whatever door you open today, whatever person I come in, help me to be faithful, to be a witness to, right? We need to be intentional. If we put that right first, I've got a little thing on my phone. Have y'all got one of these? It's a Bible app. You know what it does at 5 a.m.? It pops a little thing up on the top, and when you swipe it down, I know, you, I'm, I know it's hard for some of you on this. When you swipe it down and you push it, it pops up with a Bible reading plan. Jerry, I know you're shocked right now. Look, he's, it's amazing, right? And every morning, you know what that helps me to do? It helps me to read. Because if not, sometimes and I'm, I'm like, you get busy and you miss it. And one of the first most important things I want to be intentional with is God's Word. Yeah. Amen? Right? So, being intentional. So, let's do this tonight. Let's open up the Word of God. Let's be intentional. Amen? And let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17. Now, that would be in the Old Testament, right? Jeremiah 17. Do, 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 do. Oh. Now, honey, when you get there, if you don't mind reading, I know you like to read to everybody. She teaches preschool, and she loves reading to the kids, so she's going to read to some bigger kids tonight. So it be Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Okay, so we have here Jeremiah speaking from who? The Lord, right? It's not Jeremiah, it's the Lord speaking. And he's telling us about a man that's going to be cursed and a man that's going to be blessed, right? So he's giving us what's that called? It's a contrast, right? If you do this, this is what's going to happen. But if you do this, this is what's going to happen. So what I did, because... How many of y'all remember diagram and sentences back in the day? I'm not doing that, okay? I just want to make sure you understand that. But I wrote down some differences. So I want to write down, you know, to begin with, we talk about the man that's cursed, right? That's an R. Hopefully I'll read that. And we're talking about the man he puts his trust in what? Right? right? And not just a man, but also in his flesh, right? So now we get the parallel of what he looks like, right? He's a shrub. Where at? Not in front of your house. And he's not the, I was going to put a double, the dessert like we eat, like the brownies. But no, it's the desert, right? And then what's two of the, the, the things that happens? He does not see. So that means he's what? blind and then he produces what in his life nothing right now i found this is just me this is a, a way sometimes when we're going through things to sort of teach i like sometimes doing this because you know what it does it brings those verses really into i understand hold on cursed is the man who does what trust in man and his flesh how often am i this man if I'm this man in my relationship with my wife as a, as a husband, what happens? What's the ramifications to that family unit? It's not just my wife, then who else is it? It's my children. And if I'm not careful, it'd be my 
children's, children's children. And if we go really in the scriptures, if you go where? Your children's 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 children. Okay, amen. I was like, I don't know. That's getting way on now. That's great, 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 great grandpappy, right? So this is the area we want to make sure that we understand and we want to line our life up, right? Where do you stand? Not just when you come here, right? Oftentimes we're shiny, happy people, right? Oh, bless you, brother, when we come in here. No, this is how we live, where you live, right? This is what we're looking at. So the next part is talking about the man that's, we're not cursed, we're blessed, right? How many of y'all want to be blessed? Amen. Do you deserve being blessed? No. No. But we're blessed because we put our trust in who? The Lord. And when we put our trust in the Lord, we have this wonderful world, word called hope. Yep. And it's not like, man, when I get home tonight, I really hope there's some ice cream in the fridge. Because that's not a hope that's probably going to come to fruition. You know, that's just not going to happen. Right? It's a blessed hope. It's a hope above and beyond where you're at right now. And you're not a, a shrub, right? Y'all ever seen any shrubs that produce anything you can eat? No. Not many. No, no you're a, a, a tree. And where are you planted near? It's not the desert. Water. It's right next to the river, right? I like it even better because it says that I put the river because where are we at? Amen, right? That's Pastor right. talks about it all the time. A river does what? Flow. It flows. We don't keep it all dammed up here. What? We let it flow on out there. You thought I said a bad word over there. I've seen that. Don't damned up. Man. Okay. And we don't, it's not that we don't see. We don't fear. Folks, we live our lives. Ate up with that sometimes. Who do we have to fear? God. Right? What's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. Making sure he's put in his place. And when he's put in his place, guess what about all the rest of the people in the world? They're putting theirs. Sometimes we elevate all them above God. And the last thing is if we do this, our lives are going to be what? Fruitful. What about God? My fruitful. Right? So, when we look at our marriages in America, we look at our marriage here tonight, we start over here, right? And it's a left to right analogy. We get all the way to fruitful. You can't be fruitful if you haven't placed your trust in the Lord. Y'all see how this works? It's a left to right, right? It's like you're reading. So we have to make sure that we're here. So where are you at in this transition here tonight? What have you placed your hope in? I hope so, right? When we don't and we wander over here, why, God, are you not doing this? We need to trace it back to where we're putting our trust in. Amen. All right, I want to look at verse 9 and 10 real quick, like uh, too, because I want to make sure we address this because I couldn't help myself when we got to this scripture, right? So, trust your heart. Amen. The heart is what? It's deceitful above all things. Your heart will lie to you in a minute. That's why I hear this all the time now. Just trust your heart. Do not trust your heart. If you trust your heart, go to Proverbs. There's four places in there where it talks about the way of a man, right? Seems right to him. He's trusting in himself, right? Going back over here, really, right? Flesh. The heart is deceitful above most things. What? What? So your heart can actually deceive you more than your mind? Amen, right? The heart's deceitful above all things, and it's not just deceitful. What else is it? It's not just wicked, though. It's 
desperately wicked. What does it mean to be desperate? It's like you can't help but do anything but that. The way of a man that seems right to him leads him where? It's a bad spot, y'all. And we so often follow that path, and then we get over here, and we wonder, why are we getting this? The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And here's the other part for you men. Who can know it? Can you know somebody else's heart? We can't know somebody else's heart. You know what we can know? The life that they lead. The fruit of their life, right? You know what you do? You expose the fruit, you'll know about the root. Amen? Right? You look at a tree, and I'm like, not sure what that is. Hold on, it's got an apple on it. Well, guess what kind of tree it is? I don't have to be that smart, and I'm not that smart, right? You can tell, right? The fruit in your life shows you where it comes from. So, and then here's the great part, right? I, the Lord, search the heart. He don't stop at the heart. He tests the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Mm. My goodness. So, we want to make sure we understand again, when we're looking at your marriage having a mission, a mission, we want to be intentional. If we're not intentional, when we get over here on this side, guess what happens? We've already planted something that's going to bear a fruit or not a fruit in your life. And in your marriage, if you don't set it up to where you're running over here to begin with, where you set your marriage up on the Lord and hope in the Lord, guess what's going to happen with the fruit of your marriage? It's going to come over on this top part. So that's why I want to make sure when we talk about being intentional. So let me ask a couple of questions. When God searches our hearts and tests our minds, how do we respond? But God, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. You ever did that? Yeah, I did that today, right? Are we searching for God's will daily in that? Are we allowing him to say, hey, hold on. God, search my heart. Am I right or am I not right? And when he says, you ain't right, do we get right? Or do we say, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal, right? What's that called? Rationalization, right? We think, ah, it's not that big right now. You know, hey, I'm tired right now. I should be able to do that. No, that's not how it works, right? In order to be on mission, you know what we have to do? We have to submit our attitude. Whew, I know we don't like talking about attitude. When we got youngins, we go to the parenting class, we're going to look, we like talking about attitudes, right? We don't like talking about our attitudes. We need to submit our attitude and not be reactive, but we need to seek to be proactive. We need to be intentional in our individual life as well as in your marriage. Now, let me ask you something. When we looked at these verses, is there anything random about them? It's very much a, right? It just goes right down. Why? Is God random? Yeah. No. Very intentional. With every, if you go back and look at creation, right? There's not billy goats running around before there's land, right? I mean, he's very intentional about how things go. How often do we do random spiritual things and wonder why we don't experience copious amounts of fruit in our life? Well, God, I went to church three times this month. I mean, why don't I have more, right? It doesn't work like that, right? Marriage and our relationship with God is a long-term event. It's not something that's going to happen real quick like and you experience all these amazing things that you expect you should experience. Do we ever have that, the wrong expectation of who God is and what he's going to do in our life? I find myself often doing that, right? So are we living a redeemed life? Are we living a life about personal satisfaction? Are we being on mission? 
are emissional in nature. And when we're talking about being a mission on nature, if that's our nature and our purpose, you know what we have to look at? Who you hang out with. If you hang around with the group or your squad or whatever you want to call for young people and all, and they have no intentionality about them, you know what you'll end up doing? You'll drift along with them. We have to be very careful about those influences in our lives. So let's turn from Jeremiah and let's go over here to Galatians. I'm sure y'all know where we're going to go, right? We talked about fruit. Galatians. And I know some of y'all were saying, uh, this really isn't as much about marriage as I might have thought. You're right, it's not. Guess what it's about? Your walk with Christ, which is all about your marriage, right? Because if you don't have that right, guess what? Your marriage is not going to be right either. And a lot of what you're hearing, guess what? It's foundational. Most of us have heard a lot of this over time. It's just we might have heard it. And we not, might not still be doing it, right? So it's trying to remind us about where God wants us to be. So uh, Galatians 5, 22 through 26 says here, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So there's nine fruits there, right? So when you look at those nine fruits, how would you describe yourself? How do you rank in each one of those? Have you ever sat down and did the same thing here? If we were, I'm not going to write all this out because I don't want to take that much time to write it all down. But have you ever did that and ranked yourself one to, one to ten? It's a great exercise because guess where I end up? Now plus naught equals naught, yeah. right? We need to sometimes look at that and say, where am I? We need to ask God. If we were to look at these nine fruits of the Spirit, right? And we looked at, let's say, let's pick a good one here, right? What about self-control? Is that a good one? Let's start with the last one, right? We'll start with the first one. Let's start with the last one. How would you say you rank on self-control? Don't be negative. Let's not say negative now. I mean, zeros again there. Right? No. Depending on the situation, right? If God's in it, I might have some, but if he ain't in it, you know, I might as well just, right? I'll give you, uh, this is an old guy that I've listened to some. He's an ex-Navy SEAL guy. His name is Jocko. Discipline equals freedom. Self-control, if you can control yourself, if you can place yourself completely in God's hands, guess what? He can do all sorts of things and free you up to do all sorts of things, right? So here's my recommendation of homework. Take this fruit of the Spirit, Especially those who are married, rank your spouse. Spouse, take it. We text Aaron and tell her. Yes, I'll do that. Nope, I'm sorry. There's not one on that one. You know what we need? We need somebody to make sure to check us. We run through life. That's why I brought up self-control. We run through life too often unchecked, and we need somebody. And guess who? What God's done for us is married. He's put somebody there. To help check us. That's right. Proverbs 31.1. <laughs> now, now, be honest, right? If that's it, then check those boxes. Tell her what it is. Got, ladies, tell him what it is. If, you know, he, he can't be 100% bad. We did that one time when I saw what she said about me. I lost control. You lost control. <laughs> we'll pray at the end, right? Uh, we'll pray for that, right? Uh, so let's look at a couple more verses. I want to make sure that we get through tonight. Uh, I'm just going to read them to you. I'm not going to go through, except for, did we get down to another one here? John 15, 8 says, Note that how God is glorified. How is he glorified? 
if we bear what? Much fruit, right? Not a little bit, not one off the tree. We should be bearing much fruit in our lives. Let me ask you a question. Do you view yourself on mission at home? Or is home the place where you just put it in neutral? Oftentimes, I won't lie to you as a, as a man, you work and you run, and when I get home, you know what I just want to do? I just don't want to hear nothing for a little bit, sit down, kick that recliner, maybe just, well, not for long, because then you fall asleep, right? Are you on mission at home, though? Is that the most important mission you have? It is. It's more important than your work. It's more important than here. It's more important than anywhere else. Are you on mission at home? Are you on mission at work? Are you on mission at school? Hey, if you have to go in the doors of Walmart, would you consider that to be a mission thing? Bless your heart. They got the little app. You can order it and they bring it to your car. I'm just telling you. You don't have to go in there. But if you do, you should make sure that you understand that you're on mission, right? Let's go over here to Ephesians real quick. Like if you just flip your Bible over, I think a couple. I think mine's like on 1644 is my page number if that helps you any. Might not. Okay. I want to look here at Ephesians 4 verses 11 through 16. I want to talk about being missional means that guess what? God sometimes, not sometimes, he always gives us the mission. Right? He equips us differently. So 4, 11 through 16, and he gave himself, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now that is a mouthful of words right there. So I want to make sure that we understand. We're going to go through this real quick like. Actually not that quick like. I want to make sure and get through this. Guess what? There's different roles in the church. Do you all agree with that? Right? And who gives them? God does, right? So let's look at the first one. Apostles, prophets, there. Have you all ever seen some people when they've got a, they call themselves an apostle? I've always thought that's a pretty cool title. I've always thought that yeah, I'd like to maybe someday... Guess what? How many apostles are left on the face of the earth today? Zero. Zero. Why? Apostles were... Let me make sure I read that through. I wrote it down. It's important to write things when you write things down. I've done about 78 pages. Oh, there it is. No, it's not. Get to the paper. Apostles were called sent ones. That's really what it meant in the early church. And they helped lay the foundation of the early church. They preached the word and confirmed the word through signs, wonders, and miracles. Right? They were there, and the apostle was somebody who had did what? Saw Jesus, had been with Jesus. Any of y'all here today? No. Okay. And then the prophets were someone who spoke practical, direct revelation about God, are expounded on revelation already given. Their messages were to be judged by other prophets for validity and had to conform to the teaching of the apostles. Those two offices were replaced by evangelists and teachers. All offices, though, had one purpose. That purpose was to do what? To equip, to restore something to its original condition, to be made fit or complete. It refers to leading Christians from sin to obedience. Now, what's the key to that process? Scripture. You want to get that from somebody else? No, you need to get this 
from the Word of God. That is what causes us to grow. Scripture unifies us in the knowledge of Christ to be perfect. How many of y'all are perfect here today? Amen. None of us. Are we going to get perfect? What's our aim, though? Our aim is to be perfect as we possibly can be, right? There's days I feel like I'm somewhere, and there's other days I know we're even close. As we're being perfected, though, you know, we're not, we're no longer immature and manipulated, but we speak the truth in love and grow up in all things. And note here at the end, this isn't just something that happens Lone Ranger style. We're all connected, joined and knit together, and ruled by the head, Jesus Christ. Somebody might best be that big toe, but guess what? It has a purpose in the body. So when we look here in these scriptures, we get past the offices and we realize the understanding here is to make sure that we're equipping for the work of ministry. What ministry are we working for? Is it flock ministry? Is it headwaters? No. No. What, what, what is it? The body of Christ. And what do we be as the body of Christ? What are we doing what? We're making sure that everybody around us is being what? Lifted up. That's what edifying means. We're to lift everyone up. We live in a society that does what to people? Tears down. Tears down. If we're not careful, we bring that word right up in here. And we say, well, I'm just going to speak the truth to somebody to make sure they know what's going on. Yeah. Right? It says speak the truth how? In love. in love. Seeking to make sure that they're <laughs> built up above yourselves. Right? Christ did what? He humbled himself to the death, even death on the cross. Right? He went from the very, very top all the way to the bottom. Are we willing to go all the way to the bottom? Are we wanting to be built up and have us on display here? No. Make sure that we understand we're trying to understand who we are in Christ. And Scripture is what unifies us. Scripture also does what? It divides us. That's an important distinction we need to know. Because there's some things out there. If you look at the Christian church, if you Googled it, or went to Wikipedia, which is a great source of truth, right? It's going to say that who's part of the Christian church? All manner places that don't even believe in Christ. We've just been watered down to a point where people don't even understand what we actually mean. It's amazing if you sit down and talk to somebody who's not raised in church and doesn't know a lot, they have no idea who God is. Zero. That, is that our goal here? Should we be the ones who are making sure that God is known? By what? By the way we live and what we say. And we should be saying... Scripture, right? Not, I believe so-and-so. I don't mean anything. What does God say? Let's not replace what God says with what we say. Amen? All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 real quick, like. Hebrews chapter 10. got to get it about that far where I can see the verse numbers. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to have to have that. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good sake, good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So, how are we to be in the church? We're to be considerate of one another. We're to be considerate in two ways. What do you think when it means staring something up? Let me ask you a question. Have y'all ever had somebody like one of your kids or something make a cake and they dump everything in a bowl and they dump the thing and put it in the oven? <laughs> when you get it out, there's like a raw egg still sitting on top of it, right? If you don't stare that up, what happens? It's nasty, right? 
right? So we're not talking about staring somebody up to get them all worked up in a knot, right? Sometimes, the way God does in his church, right, he brings all different ingredients together, and he stares them up to get a desired result out, right? So we all need to make sure that we understand where we are. Some of us are just some flour in that cake, right? Some of us might be some sprinkles on top. That's not me, right? Salt. Salt. <laughs> Thank you, John. Appreciate that, brother. Uh-huh. So we need to consider, when you think about considering something, what does that word make you think? Does it make you consider it? Right? Sometimes do we consider something enough, our actions or where we're going before we actually do it? Real quick, like just to chase a tangent, I don't know if y'all like doing this in the scripture sometimes. Jump over here to Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 1 real quick, like. So it says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Same consider there that's over here in chapter 10. Jesus had that same consider, right? Consider what was before him and still go to the cross, right? Are we considering what's before us? Are we trying to make sure that we can get through right now? Sometimes what God's putting us through here is a refining process. Y'all ever had a, uh, again, I'll just go on a tangent, I'm a little late, but y'all ever had like metal that's old and rusty? You know how you get rid of the rust? You can pour some solution on it, or you can take a side grinder to it, right? Sometimes it's just that simple, getting that refining process in our life, and sometimes it's a grinder. Sometimes it's a meal that's taking it all the way down, right? That's what God has to do sometimes to get rid of those things in our life to where we can be used in the church. We need to be staring each other up to what? Love and good works. If we're staring each other up to the opposite, we're obviously not doing the right thing, right? And we need to make sure that we're not doing what? Not coming. Assembling yourselves together. We need to be exhorting one another. What does it mean to exhort somebody? It's like encourage, like almost like you can do it, right? It's not just... You got a number, baby, right? No, it's coming and picking, getting somebody beside him and saying, hey, I'll, I'll walk with you a little bit, right? How many people are we walking beside this down that's discouraged? That's not sure where they're at. That's our job as the church is to do what? Pick them up, make sure they're not left behind. No man left behind, nobody left behind, right? God's plan is never to make us a better version of ourselves, but always to conform us into the image of his son. Sometimes we just want to do a renovation. God's not interested in renovation. He's re- interested in a whole new body, right? A whole new mind. Lastly, actually it's not lastly, but it's close enough, right? We're talking about being missional. When y'all think of hospitality, what does that come to mind when you're talking about being missional? Okay? It's not a hospital, right? I I think I said it right. Hospitable. What does that mean? Welcoming. Welcoming people, right? Welcoming people where? Wherever you are. Right? How hospitable are we? I want to be honest. Can I say this? If I had a hospital up here and I would grade myself, I would put a zero. I'm not the most hospitable guy. I just had to fly and stuff for work. You know who I spoke to? Pretty much nobody. You know? I, I wish I was, but that's just not me as much, right? Is that an excuse? What's that called? It's called an excuse. I got none. I should be. It don't matter where I go. It don't matter how I feel. I should be what? Hospitable. I should be welcoming to other people. How intentional are we to bring the word to be intentional in hospitality into all our relationships? How comfortable are we? I want to talk real quick like at the end here, as I'm almost out of time, I'm completely out of time. 
about being on a mission versus being on a routine. How many of y'all are on routines in your life? I remember one time I was working and going back to college, and it was just a crazy time. We just had our third kid, and I got come home from work, and I did something, and I went back out and got in the truck, and the sun was coming down. And you know where I drove? I drove to work because I thought the sun was coming up, right? You're just in a routine. And I got there, and there's you know this guard you had to go through, and she's like, what are you doing here? I'm going to work. She's like, it's 6.30 at night. Oh, I was supposed to be going to college, right? So you get in such a routine, if you take the O and the rest of it, that's what it's a rut, right? We just go through life and don't even think. Now, is a routine always a bad thing? Some of you should brush your teeth and do the kind of things that routines go, right? Those are good routines. They're not bad routines. It's not a bad thing. But sometimes, you know what? We're not really thinking about the routines that we have in our lives. There's a six, what they called life rhythms. And I wanted to go through real quick, like, just to make you think. So, one of the main life rhythms we have is eating. Y'all like to eat? Everybody does. How often are we, we are welcoming other people to eat with us? That's good. If you can do it every day, that's awesome. Should we be? Absolutely. Why? Because we do that every day, right? It's not something we just do every once in a while. It's something we do all the time. When you see new people at church, maybe you should do what? Let's go get something to eat. Why? Because you get to know people when you sit down with them and you break bread. That's how you do, right? So are we sharing those times? Not just to share them, though, but our goal is to do what? We're on mission. We want to honor and serve those folks so that we can know them better and they'll know who better? God better, right? Us and God. We want to do that, right? So eating. What about listening? You know what we do all the time? It's amazing. I was just in a couple of airports. People have this and they have those things in there. And you walk to you talk to them. It's like right now I can't really hear myself right. And they pay. You, they're not listening to anything. Who are you listening to? Most of the time, when I listen to somebody, can I be honest? Is that all right, Eric? When I'm honest with people about listening, I'm listening most times so I can respond to you. How often are we listening just to listen to somebody? There's a lot of folks out here today that need somebody to do what? Just sit down and be patient and listen. And in listening, you know what we're gonna do? We're going to hear their heart. We're going to get down really to the root, to the heart of the matter. And then we have a chance to do what? Speak truth in love, right, to them. Who are we listening to? Sometimes what are we listening to? If you're listening to too much, all that podcast, all that stuff, be careful who you listen to. Story. Do you know the stories of the people around you? When I look in this room, do we know people? Do we know what people's been through? <coughs> are we just sort of faces in a crowd? Is that what the church should be? In our marriages, you know what we are? We're a great reflection of what God's done in two people's lives. But if we don't share that with anybody, we're, we've missed out. Because there's so many folks here that are discouraged. You know what they need? They need somebody to say, hey, you can do it. I mean, she's put up with me for 28 years. My word. I mean, if she can do that, Anita, to see the Anita thing, I mean, my goodness. To put up with that for, oh, glory woman. I mean, Yeah. It's an amazing story for somebody that's 10, 15 years behind us, right? You can do it. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to. Okay, here we're going to move on, right? We want to bless people, right? If God blesses us, what should we, we, should, be, what should we be doing? Blessing others with it, right? How often are we taking, how often do we celebrate when somebody else is being blessed? Are we like, that's not fair, right? We want to make sure somebody's blessed that we can do what? Celebrate with them. Right? That, that's the Christian life, right? Celebrate, being ble- blessing and blessing others. 
Celebrate. Who do you invite when your kid has a birthday party, when y'all do something? Who are you with all the time? Maybe you should look around and see somebody else and go, maybe I should invite them. You know, sometimes we look around and we're in Iredale County, right? Not everybody's from Iredale County. Some people don't have family here. There's not, some people don't have parents, grandparents. And so often we just take our little huddle and our little circle and we forget there's other people that would add so much light and life to our lives if we would do what? Pick them eyeballs up and look around a little bit, right? What about recreation? Some people like to recreate. I don't like to do it that much, right? It's too much, right? But if you do, you know, if you like to hike, you want to go to do seven or eight miles somewhere, let's roll. I'm ready to go. Not right now, it's a little dark outside. I got a headlight at home. We can go do it, right? You going to ride a bike? Well, some people's wounded, but you know, there's all sorts of things that we do naturally. Are we, are we really inviting other people with us? Your marriage it has a mission. It's not about you. It's not about what is good for you. It's about the church. It's about others around you, right? We want to make sure that when we're doing things, that guess what? We include others because our marriage is not about just us. It's about everybody else. Amen? Okay. So I've went on a little bit further than I intended to. But guess what? That's good. So I want to close with this. I told you for two weeks what? Hang in there. Right? Here's what I'm saying tonight. Hang in there and look around and hang in there with somebody else. This is not about doing it by yourself. If you try to do this life and marriage by yourself, you're going to fall down. I'll make sure to say that again. You're going to hit the dirt. We need to make sure that we're looking around for other people. You know what we should all have? We should have somebody that's ahead of us that looks back and says, hey, we're right ahead of you. You can do it. You know what we should do then? Because we've been encouraged, we should do what? The exact opposite. We should say, hey, you can do it. Come along. What did Jesus say when he went out there and talked to all those folks before they started following? He said what? Follow me. He didn't say, go to church on Sunday, and there's a guy up there in a suit. Talk to him. He told him to do what? Follow me. Paul says what? Follow me while I follow Christ. Is that what we should be doing? Yes. Amen. There's a generation. Guys, there's a generation behind us that desperately needs somebody to They need to see somebody following Christ. Taking a stand for truth. When they see us capitulate, when they see us say, oh, you know what? It's easier for my comfort just to do this. Then we set the bar. Actually, we drop the bar on the floor. We need to be missional. How are you going to use your marriage as a mission? And I'm not talking about just for your kids. Guess what? That's your responsibility. If you ain't doing it for your kids, I'm not going to say shame on you. you. You need to get jacked up. If you ain't doing it for your children, somebody should come and get in your face. If you can't do that for your kids, well, you ain't good for nothing. Amen? Amen. Okay? But you should also be looking around at somebody else. Every one of you should, by next week, should have a couple that you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to invest some of my life in them. Amen? That's another reason why we divide up in small groups. A little bit smaller, pick somebody out, be open to people. Don't be like, right? One of you, yeah, do something. Why? Because you're not just investing in yourself, then you're investing in who? The kingdom of God. Amen? Seek ye first your marriage. Seek ye first your work. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And not just that. And his righteousness. And all these other things that we're so worried about. They're going to line up way back here and you're going to be like, hmm, what was I worried about last week? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for being intentional, God. 
God, I'm so thankful, God, that we didn't live life and you didn't just design us here just to wander around aimlessly, God. You gave us your word. You gave us details. You gave us a plan. God, you gave us a commission to go and make disciples, not to sit here and be all about us. And God, that's not just for an individual. That's for the marriage. God, that's for the church. And we're all part of that. God, help us not to be so focused in on us that we forget about everyone else, God. Help us to be missional. Help us to be intentional, God, in every facet and in every area of our life, God. Help us to be intentional. God, help us to first and foremost be intentional with your word. God, help us to, help us to hide that word in our hearts, God, that we might not sin against you, God. Instead of thinking about where our heart's going to lead us, God, help us to put that word in there so that our heart won't be desperately wicked and deceitful. It'll be your word that comes through, God. God, I pray that that would be the, something that would just be the intent of our heart is to know you through your word. And God, when we do that, all the other things, God, living life together, doing things, all that's going to come naturally. It's a byproduct, just like we did on the board. When we put our faith, when we put our trust in the Lord, God, we're going to be fruitful. God, help us, help us to understand that. God, I pray we would even write a mission statement for our marriage. In our marriage, we want to do this, this, and this for the glory of God. And then help us every day to live that out. So God, help us in our small group time to be open, to be honest, to talk with each other, and Lord, to be intentional about our relationships. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.